0: I'm a Buddha and you listen to the sound of the podcast.
1: Good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast. I'm your host Steve McPherson, and seated directly across from me, and facing more or less due east, I think,
0: is Mr. Callum Williams. Cal, how are you? I'm good. I'm not as cold as I have been over the last couple of weeks, which is always a good thing. How? Are, why are you not as cold? Uh, I think it's cold out there. It's cold. We're but gonna it's get like ten minus. inches of snow. It's not minus though anymore, is it? No. So it's, it's it's getting better. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's getting bearable. I I now feel as though I can walk around with my jacket open. Sure. Uh, The sun is still very deceiving. The blue sky is even more so. Yeah. But. It looks lovely out there. It does. It's very, very picturesque. I guess this is what people talk about when they talk of how beautiful Minnesota looks, uh, particularly this time of year as well.
1: Right. You just don't want to feel how cold it actually is. Yeah, correct. So uh, the main question I have for you this week is, uh, what is the best theme park you have ever been to?
0: Ooh, I think the one that springs to mind straight away is um, it's a theme park in the middle of England. So not Wait, too far from- do you have theme from- parks in England? We do, we do. Do you have a lot of them? I think we have three, I think. Okay. One's called Thorpe Park, which is on the outskirts of London. All right. There's another one which I can't remember. Um, and the one that I'm about to tell you about is a, a place called Alton Towers. Now Alton Towers—it sounds like a location in Fortnite. <laughs> Alton Towers is uh, a, an old, really, really old, centuries-old castle converted into a theme park. And oh, okay. I'm, not, I'm not just saying up the castle; I'm talking about the grounds of the castle as well. Sure,
1: but you have castles in England, which are kind of cool as a place to sort of set a theme park.
0: Yeah, well, but you know, it's it's funny this because when was it? Was it last year? My when I went back to England during the off season. My in-laws came over to visit as well, and we took them to a castle. My wife and I took them to a castle, just because I know it's it's something that you guys don't have over here. So we took them to a place called Warwick Castle. It's, you know, from the 14th century or whenever it was, you know, it's old. And it's just something we have in England, so I've never really thought about it, to be honest. You know, you have towns that are surrounded by various almost fort-like walls, right. you know, it's just the way it is in England, you Protect
1: know. Protect against the Huns or the Gauls or the something.
0: Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. I guess so, but it's, <laughs> this this place, Alton Towers, it is essentially a converted castle, mm-hmm. um, and it's, I haven't been for probably about 10 years or so, but it's, uh, I do have fond childhood memories of, of going to a theme park, and, um, I remember going to a couple when I came on vacation to the U.S. when I was a young child as well. Sure. Um, I, I, I'm assuming it was in California, but I, I can't remember. Disneyland or something. Yeah, you know, something like Universal that. Universal Studios. Or... Yeah, Universal Studios, I know for a fact. Yeah, Universal Studios is solid. Yeah. Um, Al- Alton, Alton Towers, uh, as I said, it's a little town with a castle just outside of, of a city called Stoke-on-Trent, which... Uh, it's the area where Adrian Heath is from. Okay. Uh, so yes. I'm sure I'm sure he's uh, he's been there before. So it's it's very popular in the UK. It's very easy to get to because it's right in the middle of the country as well. So okay. it's, um Yeah, that would be my answer.
1: All right. <laughs> well, we'll have to we'll have to ask Adrian about it. Uh, I, I believe it's confirmed right now. We're going to have him as a guest next week mm-hmm. uh, for the the Sound of the Loons. That's going to you know start the first season. The first game of the season is is, is next week. So uh, we'll be talking to Adrian, uh, which will be fun. Get his perspective when uh, they haven't they haven't lost any haven't huh. won any neither you know his, his you know so that's that's a that's a good time to, to get him um so that'll be fun uh, in terms mm-hmm. of uh the first of all the castle thing is interesting to me because i remember i have distinct memories of going to europe uh i wasn't in england i think the first time i went abroad was uh, i was like a sophomore in high school and i went right. on one of those spring break trips and so and we were in italy and you realize like later on that the um what you think of as being really old in uh, in the United States is like, you know, oh, this building is from the 1800s, you know, <laughs> or like, you know, it, in the town I grew up in, Williamstown in Massachusetts, we had a house that was called the 1753 house. And that was it was in the middle of a, a green and it was like a wooden structure It's from 1753 because that's what the settlers lived in. You go to you know, like, Rome, and you're like, oh, this cathedral was built in the 12th century or something. Yes, yes. Like you realize what old really means, uh, which is which is pretty entertaining.
0: It, it always makes me laugh, actually. Um, you know, my, my wife is American, and, and obviously living in England, she had the same sort of thought process that, you know, yeah, something from 18-whatever is very old, and in England, that's just not the case. And I remember, um, again, last year, just over Thanksgiving – my wife's brother and his girlfriend came over to visit while we were in England during the off-season. And um, we took them to, uh, we took them to, to Manchester. Uh, they'd never been there before, and it's an hour and 20 minutes up on the train. They were flying out of there, so we said, well, let's, rather than you get up early in the morning from Birmingham and have to go up at 6 a.m. or whatever, let's, let's go and spend the night in Manchester, so another city to tick off the box. And the reason I bring this up is because we went to a pub, naturally. Um, as one does. As, as you do. And the pub was, you know, it was one of these old, um, old buildings where it, the, the roof is sort of, it's almost like a thatched roof. Yeah, it's like grass. It's yeah, of, yeah, uh, yeah, and obviously that's something that you don't, you, you don't really see that very often in England anymore. You know, <laughs> sure, and, sure, it's like um, Braveheart style. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. So we were, um, you know, we were standing in this pub because it was packed. Um, the roof was very, very low, the ceilings were very, very low, which indicates it's obviously very old as well. Um, it was being kept up by um, you know, this snatcher, this this structure of some sort. Sure. Wooden structure or something, if you will. Um and it looked very oldie worldy and we found out that it was actually first built in something like fourteen fifty five. And we were just so we we all of us, the four of us just Stood there and we just started giggling. We well, were can "Imagine the conversations that have been had in this pub over the years." You know, yeah. someone talking about, "Well, you know, my, my horse has escaped the other day." This is in like the 18th century or whatever. You know, right. I just, I it's staggering to me to think that places are that old. Yeah, and 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 it makes you feel very small as a human being, actually. Because sure. you know, we we impact so much, but only a tiny portion of what this world actually has to offer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, there's an element of that as well with with soccer, I think, which comes up when you look at, you know, you look at the the history of MLS, right, which is a little over 20 years, right? Yep. (laughs) Yep. Um, 24 years now. You know, and who is... Uh, you know, you're, how long has a team been bad? How long has a team been good? Like, what does a dynasty mean? You know, things like that. And, and just, uh, just sort of a reminder of the patience of things or like, well, you know, like tr- traditions and things like that, that like you look at some, some football clubs in, in England and they've been around for over a hundred years, you yep. know, like that's, that's a whole different level of, of, of tradition and patience and and what goes into uh, being a fan and the idea of not simply, you know, oh, my dad was a fan, but like my grandfather was a fan, and his father was a fan. You know, that's the, that's a different that's a different level of resonance than we can truly achieve. I think
0: absolutely, and I'm not being rude here, Steve. I'm just getting my phone up because you you talk of because I, I, I want to get this absolutely right. Okay, we talk of of old when pro- we talk of professional football in England, particularly as well. So, as people know, my, my team is Aston Villa. Aston Villa were founded the same year. The English Football League was founded. They were one of the original teams and one of the original founders amongst a couple of others. That was the year 1874. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you're right. We talk, It's funny, we, we speak about the history of Major League Soccer and, and and all this kind of stuff. You know, how many people have have gone to games, what what sort of players used to play in the past. And, and yeah, like you said, you know, uh, people go into the games 20 years ago and, and it's, You know, it's still such a young league, and we forget that at times. We really, and I think we forget that, Steve, because it is so established already. If you look at what I'm assuming the English football league was like 20, 24 years into it, it looks nothing right like what Major League Soccer looks like now. And I don't think we give enough credit to to MLS for for what it is and what it's become over the short time it's been alive you know so it's um it's a great time to be a part of the league no no doubt about it
1: yeah uh my favorite uh theme park is it was typhoon lagoon in disney world so Mm. i'll just say that um (laughs) uh, i like the lazy river i think it was my first time going on a lazy river in a water park and i thought i'm not really a roller coaster guy okay well, Um, well
0: i was gonna say do we count water parks In the same category as theme parks?
1: Well, I mean, it's part of Disney World. So I feel like I have to include it. It's its own park within Disney World. So if I said Epcot, that's, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's. again, I'm not somebody who's a huge roller coaster guy. I don't really like the, like the, the the rides are fun. Often the sort of standing in line for a really long time to get 30 seconds of excitement. Like I'm just, I'm a much more even keel kind of guy. Like I don't, I'd rather just sort of walk around, check things out. Um, you know, and so the lazy river was really appealing because I think I was in high school the first time I went to Typhoon Lagoon and it was like, ah, this, I can get behind you just sort Mm. of sit in an inner tube and go around the park. Uh, that was really nice. So, I'll just leave that there. We don't have to talk anymore about theme parks.
0: Well, all, all I'll say is you won't find an argument from me. That okay. sounds wonderful. It's, it's great. <laughs> um,
1: all right, let's talk about the a little more about the Minnesota United preseason, which is now into its second stint uh, in Orlando. Uh, the team is undefeated so far. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with what's going to happen in the season. I just oh, want it, to be clear to everybody. It, it,
0: it doesn't, results don't matter. It's <laughs>
1: it's, <laughs> there was this, the, you know, the, the the Minnesota United account tweeted, undefeated the preseason. I yeah. think I replied, I just said, calm down.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just look, I mean, yeah. As, as we have insinuated previously on, on many different podcasts, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's all about results. Uh, no, it's not. Wow, I haven't had my, my morning coffee yet. I'm um, you're working on it. Yeah, it it's wow. Okay, it's not about the results. It's the opposite of that. <sighs> Hold on one second. Excuse me. So, it's all about the little drink. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Right. Sorry. Okay. It's not about the results. It's about fitness. It's about understanding what the coaching staff want from you and the formations and. And how you're expected to play as an individual, how you're expected to play um, in a team. So, I think um, for me, uh, watching the game against New England Revolution, we were very fortunate, um, myself and, and the broadcasting crew, that we we were given tape of the game afterwards. Uh, mm-hmm. Which you know, big thumbs up to the uh, the technical staff for giving us that. Um, I thought that they looked very good, and, and we sort of said this last week as well, Steve, that. This period of preseason is where we're going to see, we're going to have a little more idea of, of what we could potentially see throughout the season. Right. So
1: it's more like the starting 11.
0: And, and the starting 11 was, was pretty much what we all expected it to be.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'm, I'm still intrigued with, with Schuler at left midfield. Uh, I think we, we went yeah. through that yep. in the previous podcast. I, I'll be surprised. The, the only way I could see him starting there at the start of the season is if we, we don't have another option out there, and, and I say that with all due respect to Erasmus. That's not insinuating you can't play out there, but because you can, we've seen it before. But, um, I think in an ideal world, you, you would, you know, like one of the Ibarai out there or, or Finley if he's sure. good to go, you know. Sure. So, um, we'll see, we'll see. But I think the most impressive individual that, that I had, had seen, Steve, was uh, was Roman Metanel, mm-hmm. um, strong, aggressive lively fullback it's exactly what adrian heath has, has wanted and what he's been craving for uh, mm-hmm. since he got here so he looks the real deal and it's one game so again let's let's calm down it's one game but early signs would suggest that this could be a really good signing for us
1: yeah i think that the the Schuler thing is interesting it does feel more like it should be a change move than a got like this is the starting move um you know like for it to change things up later on you know like depending on what the what the lineup looks like, but I could also see the thing is obviously they're still trying to bring you know Finley back, uh, from injury. Uh, Molinos had a little bit of a setback, but he's expected to be back, you know, at some point, um, early ish in the season, uh, you know. Romario Abara could work as a as a speed change later on you know because he's a fast guy. Yep. Um, so the idea of starting Schuler and playing in that sort of inverted midfield role where he's really dropping down and you're letting you know Calvo come on the outside or he's he's going in between the center back and the right back you know yep. a, a move like that we know Adrian loves possession. We know it's a way that the team hasn't really been able to play so far. Um, So if that's, if that's a possibility, obviously Rasmus is good. He he provides a little stiffness defensively up at the front of the, the formation, because he's a guy who's great at intercepting and tackling and things like that. So um, he can also control the ball. Uh, So there's, you know, I can see it, and then I can see the wisdom of bringing on a guy like Finley or Romario into that position later on in the game when the other team is tired, because those guys are fast. So not that, I feel like we're sliding Ras here, but... But um, <laughs> well, which we're not at all, because he's no, a fabulous footballer. he's terrific, he's terrific. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, there are two preseason games left, Wednesday against NYCFC, whom we will play in our home opener on April 13th, mm-hmm. and then Orlando City on Saturday, uh, Orlando City just signed uh, a pretty big, pretty big player there. Um, yeah, what, it is. What's your take on the Nani uh, signing?
0: Um, I, it, I don't know yet, Steve. It, it's again. I know I'm not being encyclopedic saying this, but it it really could go one of two ways. Where number one, he he's fabulous, is motivated, he runs at defenders as he has done throughout his career, and gets ten goals and ten assists. You know, and and he thrives, or We see the other side of Nani, which we have seen before, where he's a little bit stroppy, Mm -hmm. doesn't like working on the defensive side of the ball, won't track back. Uh, My my biggest concern with Nani is, and I don't know why I have this assumption of him. I I guess maybe it's just because of a couple of stories that that I've heard in the past, which I I won't go into, but I I just worry that he's one of these players, one of these, I say aging, but he's, he's only just turned 32, so he's not really aging yet, but... I'm just slightly concerned he comes into this league and and doesn't realise how good it is mm-hmm. because there's been plenty of people that have that have done that. Sure, um, I don't know, Steve. It, it, it's I, I I'm going to watch it with intrigue, no yeah. doubt. I, yeah. I really, really am. And A lot more
1: shades of. You know Gerard or Lampard than like Rooney or. Well,
0: Lampard, Lampard was again. was good because he was playing off of David Villa, so he, he had no okay, no yeah, real sure, issue. Right, but yeah, right. I know what you're saying with the Lampard with the Gerard situation because Gerard yeah. one of the best things ever that happened to the league. Actually, was him actually leaving and going back to England because he immediately turned into a television analyst on one of the main channels in England before he went into to managing Rangers. Uh, this was for a, a good two years, and, and one of the first things that uh, that the channel did with him was they sat him down and spoke about his career. Obviously, he'd, he'd retired after he finished at the Galaxy. They spoke about his career, and, and a lot of it was talking about, obviously, Liverpool and, and the time he had there. But they they spent a large portion talking about LA Galaxy and, and Major League Soccer. And the one uh, thing that I think... The, the, the overriding thought was he said that this league is so much better than people realise. Right. The opening sentence was, I wish I would have gone earlier. Right. And I love that because... We are starting to see that now. Remember sort of five, six, seven years ago, Mm -hmm. people were coming over when they were 35-ish and still doing okay. Now you can't do that. (laughs) <laughs> you, you, c- right. you, you can still come over at 32, and if you're willing to work and want to play, you, you, you still should be okay for a couple of years. Yeah,
1: you get two, three years, you know, before you start hitting that 35 points. So.
0: And, and then it becomes difficult. Bastian Schweinsteiger yeah. at Chicago Fire said this as well. He said when he left Manchester United to come to MLS, he wasn't really wasn't sure what to expect, but he always wanted to come and play in America at some stage in his career. He even said that he, he would have come a little bit earlier as well. Now, Schweinsteiger's 33. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what Schweinsteiger would have been like in this league at 29-30? Yeah. That would have been fabulous, you yeah. know? And I think um, people are slowly starting to realise that this, this is a league that you you have to come in uh, in the best shape of your career. Liam Ridgewell did a, an interview with one of the newspapers. He's just signed for Hull City back in England in the, in the championship. And he said that, you know, he came to MLS where he, he was at a bit of a loss in his career. He didn't really know what the next step was and, and he thought he would just come to America, go to, to Portland and just just play, just get games under his belt, get fit again and then reassess and see what they want to do. Mm-hmm. He fell in love with MLS, fell in love with Portland and ended up having five years there yeah. and appeared in, in two MLS Cups and, and won the, the 2015 version, of course, against Columbus Crew. So, um, The other thing which I thought was really interesting is he, he said that Major League Soccer helped keep him in shape. And he actually thinks that playing in Major League Soccer has actually given him a a couple of more years in terms of his career. Whereas staying in England, he was in a comfort zone. He may not necessarily have been able to play right now when he's 34, you know? So he came over at 29. So, I mean, it was a good age to come over as well. So, I I mean, look, as I said, I'm a big, big advocate for this league. Everyone knows this. But I think what we're going to see now is we're going to see more of these types of players coming over when they are... Twenty nine thirty, as opposed to 35, sort of 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, it, it's, uh, the Nani signing is one of those things that, uh, I, I mean, I think that sometimes people are really quick to say, well, you know, now MLS is about getting young players from South America. Um, you know, it's no longer a retirement league. It's, you know, guys are coming over and and for the right reasons at the right time and things like that. That doesn't mean that there aren't going to be guys who... Who still come over at the wrong time, you right? Know, or right, that they you know, and things like that. So with Nani, it's like if it's if it's a Rooney situation, it's great for Orlando. Like Orlando spent big last season, really underperformed. Yep. Um, you know, he's he obviously fulfills a position of need for them. Um, they need somebody who's going to scare, you know, opposing defenses. Um, but it's also Orlando City, and so sometimes you feel like, oh well, he's not going to work out. So they, they sort of have that a little bit of that cursed feeling, yeah. uh, right now, uh, for better or worse. I mean, listen, we're in Minnesota, we know about cursed feelings for sports <laughs> teams, so uh, you know, no slight against Orlando, but it's just you know, some teams, I mean, DC looked cursed until Rooney, so who knows,
0: you know, like, I mean, look, what I will say about Nani is if it does work, it's gonna be great for Dom Dwyer, mm-hmm. who will finally have some real service, right? And I, I would, I would expect Dom Dwyer, as I said, if it works with Nani, I would expect Dwyer to again. You know, he apparently had a, a poor season. He was labelled as having a poor season last year, and he got I think it was 13, 14 goals. You know, so I wonder what it's, it's going like to be it. like now with with, <laughs> uh, with some service there. So yeah. that'll be interesting. But but just before we move on, Steve, just in terms of now what what you you speak of, you know, we often now identify MLS in terms of bringing in the young South Americans uh, and then selling them on to you know Premier League or league wherever. whatever. Um, yeah. And then the older players coming in, the, the other players coming in from Europe and whatnot, you know, regardless if they're 32 or they're 25 or whatever. You know what we are now in Major League Soccer? We're a good league. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we need to identify this league as. Is yeah. It's a good league. And I said this, I did an interview the other day. If this, if this league was in any other country or most other countries in the world, this league would be viewed very, very differently. And I'm not saying it's viewed poorly because it's not. That, that's right. changing very quickly believe me, I <laughs> speak to a lot of people still in, in England particularly, the, the perception of this league is changing very, very quickly. But I do wonder if this league was in Norway sure, or Denmark, yeah. how would it be perceived
1: then? If right. you just took I, all the teams, give them different names, yep, but all the players,
0: right? All the players, all, all the facilities, stadiums, you know, all, all the yeah. training facilities, yeah. this league would be, would have been looked on very differently a long time ago.
1: Yeah, imagine it's the, the top level, of, like it's like the Danish Super League or something mm-hmm. like that, right? And you're like, well, oh, you've got Zlatan. you've got you know Joseph Martinez. Like it's be a you know like wherever it would be in the world, it would be a very exciting league. Exactly. So um, let's talk a little bit about. This is sort of vague. I mean, we're going to have next season, next week. We'll you know we'll sort of get into the, the nitty gritty of 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 the first game against the Whitecaps, which will be coming up. Oh, come I know. I can't believe it's already. <laughs> I can't believe it's already here. Uh, I wanted to touch on because one thing to remember, we're all excited for Allianz Field. I think we've made that manifestly clear. <laughs> it's also not until April thirteenth mm-hmm. that we actually get to play in Allianz Field. And uh, I was talking to somebody here in the office about how last season, that's roughly the time that Darwin joined the team. Correct. And it felt like we had already played a lot of games. So it's important to remember that we're going to have five games on the road. A lot of things will happen in those games. We'll be playing Vancouver, uh, San Jose, the LA Galaxy, New England Revolution, and the Red Bulls. So that's five games. Overall, not not focusing too much on any one thing, like what's your expectation? Like what what do you... what do you think would, would be a success coming out of those five games? Like, what do we want to see getting into
0: Allianz Field? Um, that's a really difficult question because... I only ask the tough questions. <laughs> that's a really good question, actually. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back there. Um, I'll, go, I'll give myself a loon call for that one. So. There
1: you
0: go. There we go. <laughs> Just because we can now <laughs> with the soundboard. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I've had this conversation multiple times now, and I, I still don't know the answer. I think um, Vancouver are, are completely redecorated. Sure. And two or three weeks ago, everyone was panicking in Vancouver, saying that they've not made any moves. It's, it's a little bit stale, you know, apart from the, the coaching adjustment. And, and now here they are. They've made four or five signings over the last couple of weeks. So some uh, something I'm really intrigued with as well. Um, so uh, San Jose, new coach there as well. That's always, you know, we, we we don't know what kind of a San Jose we're going to go up against because, you know, I watched their game against uh, Reno, um, what was it, 10 days ago, and they lost 3-0. And then I watched another game that they played the other day. After, I think it was against Colorado or somebody, I can't remember who, an MLS opponent, and they won 3-0. So mm-hmm. <laughs> you just don't know which which team's going to turn up, you know. So, you know, lo- losing to a USL team badly and then, Winning against a decent MLS team, from what I can remember, so it's uh, it's going to be difficult, no doubt. Playing on this road, playing on the road in this league is notoriously difficult. Um, Galaxy, I think the Galaxy for, for me, because they've they've addressed so many of the issues that they had, um, I think they're going to be so much stronger this year. A full season of Ibrahimovic as well, that's never a bad thing. I I, I don't know anything, but. They they will sort out this Giovanni dos Santos situation as sure. well, so they'll they'll still have him available from from all the reports we're seeing. You know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'd be stunned if if they don't figure that out. The Revs they've added really well as well. You know, Friedel has used his connections really well, and, and you know, I, I, from all the people I talk to, I, I'm hearing they're going to add one big uh, more signing before the season starts as well. Mm-hmm. And then the Red Bulls are about as consistent as can be. Red Bulls and at home
1: is I'm not even, I'm like, well.
0: It, it's just, it's so difficult <laughs> to go and play there, you know. And, and I, I'm really excited to see what the Red Bulls can do this year. You know, obviously no Tyler Adams anymore. He's had a fabulous start at Air Bay Leipzig in the Bundesliga. Uh, and, and well done to him for flying the flag so efficiently. It looks like he's played 200 Bundesliga games, let alone just two. But I think... Moving forward, I'm excited to see what the, the youngster, Sean Davis, well, he's not really young anymore, he's mid-20s, but Sean Davis, you'd expect him to step up. But also Derek Etienne Jr. as well. That that could be a really intriguing story there as well. Just a 23-year-old Haitian international. I'm intrigued to see what happens mm-hmm. there. So, uh, you know, everyone, year after year after year, Steve, every year people doubt Bradley Wright Phillips. And yeah. they say, oh, he's another year older. You know, this year he's 31, he's 32, He's 33. He still scores he mm-hmm. still scores goals so i mean i i don't have what i would say is uh a, a number for a record in my head sure i just think it's important that we come into allianz field being competitive
1: yeah yeah i think that i mean i i, I think i think looking at the teams from last season you'd think okay vancouver san jose the revs those are targets um but Again, so much changes. So I don't changes. think any of those teams are just going to roll over. Um, so, you know, obviously, I think, like, five points would be great out of those games. Um, six would be amazing, mm-hmm. uh, a minimum of six, you know. Um, but I think that, to me, I mean, I think that what you're probably looking for is, you know, and I, I hesitate to say this because I don't think the team should necessarily be judged completely whether this happens or not. But if you can keep all those games, if you can keep the other team from scoring more than, like, two goals... You know, based on, on you know, Minnesota United's history last season and the season before in terms of just allowing goals on the road mm. and then expect, you know, you, we saw this as a lot last season where, you know, you would concede two goals, you know, come back and get one, concede another one, get one more, and then lose 3-2 or 4-2 or something like that. And Adrian would say every time, like, you can't give up – two, three, four goals on the road yep. and expect to win. Right. So I think based on, and, and again, it's like, a, a, there's a, it's a long season. A lot of the season will have happened by the time we hit the home opener, but it's, there's a lot more to go. But I think that, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things you want to be able to see going into Allianz field that, like, you're only conceding a goal or two goals in a game. Even if you're losing that game, if you're keeping the other team from scoring that, that augers well for the, the development of the team, I think.
0: Yeah, the conceding of, of goals was the obvious issue, wasn't it, over the last two years? And, and I can't remember if I've, I've said this already, so apologies if I have. But let's just put this into perspective. So, as we mentioned, 70 goals conceded in 2017, 71 in 2018. We've just signed Iko Parra, who was um, a part of one of the, if not the best defensive units in Major League Soccer over the last couple of years. 2017 and 2018 combined for Sporting Kansas City, they conceded 69. <laughs> right. So <laughs> there, there's some some context as to what we're signing. So now obviously a lot of that has to do with, with his uh, compatriot uh, Matt Beasler as well, but Aiko Power is such a tremendous signing for this franchise and, and, and just ahead of them as well. We've spoken about Alonso yeah. and, and Greg Ushin there, the wall that they will provide as well, the support they'll provide. So... I think we're going to be a lot more stern defensively this year, no doubt about it. Yeah.
1: Let's uh, let's touch briefly on uh, CCL, mm, uh, five MLS teams uh, in the CONCACAF Champions League this, this time around. Uh, the Red Bulls, Houston Dynamo, SKC, Toronto, again, and Atlanta United. Um, I, you know, I don't know if we want to get into – Previewing. I mean, I don't know that we necessarily want to take a deep dive onto each of those teams' matchups in the first round, unless there's something you want to highlight.
0: Well, no. The, the only thing I'll say is that it, it's it's important for people to watch the Champions League because this is this is, in my opinion, I, I would say, in my opinion, that this is the best chance MLS has had to go and win this thing. And we seem to say that every year after year after year. Sure. And Toronto obviously came ever so close last time out. Oh,
1: penalty kick shootout, right? I mean. <laughs>
0: Just you know, yeah. Um, so, I, I think uh, that there's a couple of teams that have been dealt good draws, which is fine at this stage of the tournament. That's fine, but there's also one or two that have got some some tough tasks ahead as well. I mean, Sporting Kansas City up against Toluca—that that's not easy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would uh, I would fancy Toronto, and the reason I say, I say you know we have we we, we must watch this tournament. It, it's on. Uh, yahoo sports.com it's on the yahoo sports app so if you haven't yet download it or, or make sure you watch this evening um both toronto and, and houston playing this evening on, on on tuesday and i've said this before steve if, if we're going to grow this league we, we, we can all do as much as we can growing our franchise growing minnesota united but if we're going to grow this league as a whole we have to start watching other teams mm-hmm. we have to start becoming more educated on other teams and um particularly watching on television or, or, you know, if it's this case, it's it's via stream or whatever, you know, um, I, <laughs> watching on television is paramount. It, it really is because what happens when you watch on television, the viewing ratings go up. Mm-hmm. Automatically then, that property, in this case, Major League Soccer, becomes more attractive to other people who want to buy that property. Now, in right. this case, it's Fox and ESPN, but before it was NBC and it was a couple of other different broadcasters in the past. Um what that means then is is that this network company whatever has to pay a rights fee last the last rights fee that went around, I think it was something like eighty million each year for eight years, which is great that's that's obvious sign of growth for major league soccer and, and, and in terms of television. but my point here is is that more money for the league means better players, because that money is, to my knowledge, spread over the league. Right. That means better opportunities. That means better opportunities to sign international players, better opportunities to build training facilities, yeah. better opportunities to build a youth academy, better opportunities to employ world-class scouts, mm-hmm. whether they're scouting in Europe or at the collegiate level. I, I can't stress enough how important it is for people to watch on television and then to go to the games. Well, if, if you're going to the games, imagine what that looks like on television. Imagine what Allianz Field's going to look like on television. Yeah, you know, okay. it's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. And that that's such an attractive uh, <clears throat> proposal, project, whatever you want to call it, to potential buyers. Yeah. And I just I, I I can't stress how important it is. You know, as I said earlier on, Steve, we we have no problem here. We have a vibrant fan base. We will. The, the fans here will watch Minnesota United against Vancouver Whitecaps on the opening day of the season. Yep. But March second. March second. But what we need to do in terms of growing our league together is we need to watch the Sunday games, the ESPN and the Fox games. Yep. We need to watch the Portland Timbers against New York Red Bulls, the Toronto FC against Atlanta United. You know, this this is one of one of several ways to grow this league. But the most effective from a fan's point of view, I, I I can't stress enough how how important it is, particularly at this stage of the league's growth as well. Mm-hmm. It's so important to watch as much as you can on TV and go to as many games as you can.
1: Yeah. Well there's a ton of fun I mean, I think that there as the as MLS is sort of growing you're also getting better marquee matchups and you know whether it's watching Atlanta United because the you know they're so fun to watch so long as they're not playing Minnesota United um they're entertaining uh it's fun to watch Seattle play Portland it's fun to watch the Galaxy play LAFC like that stuff is fun you know so I, I think there's a lot out there I think also CCL is fun to watch because you get to see uh other teams uh from from this hemisphere yep um if you You know, I think it used. I mean, obviously, um, the the Mexican League is still more popular than MLS, even in the United States right now. But you know, a lot of people who might be getting into MLS because Minnesota United is here or anything like that. It's a chance to see some players and some different styles of playing, and uh, and that's that stuff's really fun. So, I I think the 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 last question I had about about the CCL. In relation to MLS, though, is, I mean, Toronto had an abysmal season last year after pouring a lot of effort into CCL, getting to that final. Do you think that that there was like an inherent link between their struggles and putting so much into CCL early? Like, is is it something to watch out for for teams like Atlanta or or Toronto, uh, sort of trying to doing both things, like having to play CCL and play MLS?
0: No, I think it's a humongous excuse. Yeah, that's I
1: was that's the thing is yeah. I wasn't sure if it was like is it uh, literally connected or is it just something that people saw and then they're like Well,
0: oh. I mean, look, I mean <laughs> Look at what New York Red Bulls did. They got to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They had a good season and they sure. played in the Champions League. Yeah. You know, and they got nearly as far as Toronto FC did.
1: Yeah. So Maybe I'm just optimistic that Atlanta United's United is going to be spent and now we won't have to <laughs>
0: <laughs> But look at this is the thing though. This is That's that just we, personal. Yeah. We <laughs> we've got to cheer for, for the MLS teams though in the, in the CCL again yeah, because okay. what because what what it'll do again is it'll provide opportunities it really will you know if 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 an MLS team wins the CONCACAF Champions League it only it it, it obviously it, it it defines growth it it signals that there's so much more to come from this league as well. Mm-hmm but also what it does is it, it means there's a pathway then to the Club World Cup, which w- would be astounding if Atlanta or Toronto or Sporting Kansas City were to go and play the champions of another region. So for example, if, if they went and played Real Madrid sure. in a competitive game, it doesn't matter what the outcome would be of that yeah. game. Yeah. The fact that MLS is there and at the Club World Cup is a pure unbridled sign mm-hmm. that this league is growing.
1: All right, well, if if Atlanta United makes it, I'll be cheering, I'll be like that meme of like the mask and the guy smiling behind it, you just see the tears going, yeah. the that'll be me. So, um, uh, one thing I wanted to shout out, uh, next week we're gonna start a fantasy podcast, uh, which you don't have to be involved in because I know you abandon your fantasy teams. Um, yeah, but uh, it's gonna, gonna be bad. brief. It's gonna be called the Fantasy 15, at least that's what I'm going with right now. It's gonna be 15 minutes. You get 15 guys on your squad also for MLS fantasy. Um, It'll be with Jamie Watson, uh, you know, which will be exciting. I, my, my my, bona fides are that I won the spring league and the fall league in my league last year. I think it did pretty well. So You did very well. Yes. Yeah, so uh, it'll be hosted by the two of us. We'll be providing expert fantasy advice, and you will also get fantasy advice from Jamie in addition to the expert advice. So. I was
0: going to say, you've got the <laughs> perfect partner there for that because that is literally all he does. Yes. Is look at his fantasy team. I, I think I said to you before, Steve, I took part in my first ever um, NFL fantasy Yes. Yes. And how'd, how'd that go for you? Uh, I just missed the playoffs. Okay, so I, right. I was quite happy with yeah, yeah, totally. that, actually. Um, but literally, I kid you not, every single day, my phone would go, and I would have a, a trade request, more than likely on most days, from Jamie Watson. <laughs> and i text him. There was a couple of times I was in a meeting or something, and I had to text him, Jamie, stop. <laughs> I'm working. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no. I again, it's the thing that we talk about every week. So we figured, hey, why not put it on the why not put it on the Sound of the Loons feed? So, good, good. So you know, we'll try to keep it short, fifteen minutes. We don't want to take up too much of your time, but it'll be fun uh, to. And you know, hopefully, I can you know talk some smack on them during during the season. We'll
0: continue. Please so. do, and I, I shall listen to that because I need all the fantasy help I can get.
1: Yes, and I know I'm just gonna I'm gonna end up eating crow.
0: Like, he's probably going to dominate
1: me this this season. Who knows? So uh, it's all going to be in fun. But uh, thanks for joining us for the 45th Sound of the Loons podcast. Be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes, or at the very least, a five-star rating, and follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC. I'm going to pause here. This is my usual spiel. I want to make sure I thank everybody for listening. I think that's maybe something I don't do enough. And probably people... Uh, if you're like me and you're listening to podcasts, by the time I say, thanks for joining us, you just turn it off. Like, mm. I don't listen to the, the credits. But if you're listening to the credits, especially if you're listening to the credits, <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. It's a lot of fun to get together and talk with Cal and talk with all the guests we have. We're going to have some fun stuff coming up this season uh, for you. So thanks for sticking with us. You can follow Cal at CalWilliams.com. You can follow me at Steve Ventures. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are.